How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. Hello, sir. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Come in. I was uh, just finishing my afternoon ants on a log. Celery, peanut butter, raisins. It's uh, I, I quite enjoy it. What, what's, uh, what, what's going on? Um, well, well, sir, the, the team has been analyzing the reaction for the Life's a Wreck podcast. And, um, and what? Well, sir, it seems like people are, uh, they have some things to say about Kyle. Like? Well, one person writes, Kyle's voice is like butter and that less you have of it, the healthier you are. Uh, another wrote punchable vocal cords, which was which was a new one, uh, and the plain yogurt of podcast. Oh, I think you, I think you uh, get the get well, the gist. Kind of makes sense. His life's a wreck. I think it's time that we bring in a ringer. Get me, Shinetti. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to episode five of the podcast, Life's a Wreck. So here's Matthew Shinetti. This is a guy who has done essentially everything there is to do in the world of sports. He's covered pretty much everything, including the 2018 PyeongChang Olympics for TSN. Uh, started working for TSN in 2013. Before that was a Ryerson graduate, Master's of Journalism in 2011. Matthew, welcome to Life's a Wreck. Uh, thank you, Kyle. It's always good to be back in the Rogers Communication Center in my alma mater. The RCC, a beautiful building that uh, has apparently changed quite a bit over the last few years. It has, has changed quite a bit over the last few years. I remember spending way too much time here from the from about fall 2009 to fall 2011. I think I slept in the grad lab, which is on the third floor, at least probably 10 days. I know. honestly don't think you're an RTA student until you've had at least one night in the RCC. 100%. But you know, the funny thing is, I, it's so weird. So... As I was just telling you before we, we came on, uh, I, I've taken a position as kind of just the, you know, they use people in the industry to, to be part of the advisory council for yep. RTA. I'm an MJ student. And for those who are, you know, who obviously you know frequent Ryerson or Ryerson students, uh, journalism and RTA have long had a bit of a, a friendly competition with each other. So I'm looking at right now the old Ryerson Review of Journalism Lab, which was my second home in this building and uh always remember the lovely rta grads who thought it would be great while we were working early in the morning to put the prices right on really <laughs> loud at 11 a.m 
So the, um, yeah. the, the every inch of this building has uh, has some kind of memory for me. So I always love coming here. This is a place where I wanted to when I was a kid. This was the place I wanted to come. Didn't get in for my undergrad, but when I came in and was able to come here for my graduate, it was uh, uh, the most important two years of my life. Mm-hmm. And this building, I mean, uh, it, it is so important to so many people. What was, uh, I, I guess, kind of like, what was your time like uh, while you were at Ryerson from a uh, standpoint of just kind of like where you are now comparing it to where you were then? Uh, I think what what's what I'm so happy about, I, I applied during the recession. So there was a, a ton of people applying at the same time. And I credit the people here for selecting such a diverse group, um, if you want to call me. I don't. I didn't really know at that point that I was going to be strictly sports. I dabbled in political reporting too, loved politics. But they had me as the sports guy. They had uh, one great, uh, my my friend and, and, and colleague, Liam Casey with the Canadian Press, great feature writer, Wendy Gillis, uh, Liam Vu, like Ashley Trinati. Like these were very talented but they all had different skill sets and if you look at our class right now and i'm not boasting but i guess i'm boasting uh liam vu is a host on global tv's uh your morning or this morning i don't want to get the brand wrong uh liam casey uh, is a national magazine award winner works for cp wendy gillis is the best reporter at the toronto star uh ashley chinati worked in politics on kathleen Wynne's campaign so many Candace Miracle is a, is a great indigenous uh, documentary filmmaker. So many great um, writers, reporters, content creators came from that class. And because we were so diverse at some at different stories, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. it really helped me understand the value of getting to know people with different perspectives and viewpoints. Absolutely. And the one thing that's so great about Ryerson, and again, I I don't mean to offend any of your listeners who've never gone to Ryerson, but I'm just telling the truth. I believe this school at its best is the best journalism school, you know, and then next to Northwestern and Columbia, you know, one of the top three or five journalism schools in North America. Mm-hmm. And it, because it offers that diversity, because Absolutely. it offers a plethora of courses that challenge you and push you. Yep. Um, and because, you know, I was, a Ryerson Review of Journalism student, or that was the practicum I took, and I ended up in TV because the atmosphere in here, just observing being around great teachers, allowed me to, when I made that transition to television, mm-hmm. I could go based upon the observations I made here to to at least have some kind of, not, not, not necessarily a, a fall on my face start, but mm-hmm. maybe a little more of a stumbling start because I, right. I, I had a, at least a basis of knowledge from going to Ryerson. For sure. And I mean, today we're going to be talking about some self-confidence uh, in regards to men's mental health. And we're going to be talking about kind of owning who you are. Right. And uh, when we look at who you were back in, uh, back in university and who, I mean, those, those incredible names that you, just, uh, that you just put out there, what do you think it was about that group that's kind of... Uh, I guess kind of led to you guys being as successful as you are now kind of in uh, I guess the first 10 years into your careers. The one thing that was so great about that that group uh, is that we all had dreams, we all had goals, whether or not those were things that we actually achieved. Mm-hmm. And what I found so fascinating, you know, I, I, I take a look at um, Liam Casey, for example. He and I came 
and and he was actually he he was a science major graduated in a degree in science i believe from queen's university was working in a laboratory in kingston ontario and said i want to go back to journalism and he and i butted heads for a while because mm-hmm. uh, when i was younger i was you know although my volume is always pretty high i was a lot louder maybe a little bit more obnoxious and you know we got to work together on a pretty spectacular issue of the review in which um you know and this is i think he is someone too that that you should talk to he had a uh 2011, the cover issue of the Rice Review of Journalism is called Suicide. And mm-hmm. he talks about his own um, suicide attempts mm-hmm. and how that affected his life. Yeah. And reading that piece, um, knowing the work that he put into it, he and I were both nominated in the same categories for the same awards. Wow. And I remember uh, the moment he won for Best New Writer, I was cheering the loudest because I knew how mm-hmm. much that piece of taken out of him yeah and that's I, not easy that's and, like but that, especially at that age too yeah and and he he at that age he wrote the piece i believe at the same age i am now so he was in his early 30s then and it was a pretty powerful piece um i know for the purpose of this podcast something i think definitely you should take a you absolutely should, you should, love to, you yeah. should read um but all of those people mm-hmm. were just Really self-aware, very talented, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're going to over the course of two years butt heads. You're mm-hmm. going to go ahead and and get into situations where creatively you're going to have differences. But the great thing about that was I look back on that now and I see where a lot of those um, people are, my fellow classmates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of someone like uh, a good friend of mine, Corey Ruff, who who has been able to take all of the skills he learned and is now um, doing some great work with uh, right to uh, right to die mm. um, in in uh, in Canadian politics and and, and social activism wow. and it's uh, we just had a pretty we had a fantastic class and uh, and obviously a, lot of a bunch of strong models. individuals too yeah it was like, a lot of strong individuals uh, who just who, who knew what they wanted yeah. and you know I'm looking around here I'm my, my eyes are going everywhere because this is just this this building really means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I mean that that class really mean, means a lot to me, and I and I get the pleasure of coming back once a year to do to meet with Ryerson students and talk about uh, my experiences. And it's it always feels like coming home. Absolutely. And I was in one of those classes uh, back when I was in my first year here at uh, RTA Sport Media when you would come in and you talk to Damberlins. I think it was sports journalism class, and uh, and I was sitting in the back. And even before I had started up this podcast, I know that you were one of those people that I wanted to talk with because your story and kind of the the things you were preaching about uh, personal brand and about kind of being yourself and and taking your personality and injecting it into what you do in the mediascape was something that I even before I knew that this is kind of what I wanted to do and go down this path a little bit uh, was something that I really resonated with because I always thought that there was such a power in kind of being who you were especially when you have such a audience and you have so many eyes on you and being able to have that uh, have that confidence and especially if you're you know dealing with mental health issues or you know uh, a man who um, has an interesting relationship with his mental health being able to kind of own who you are and own that even in the face of all the criticism and scrutiny is um, is something that's you know, very powerful. And, and you've seen that uh, firsthand. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. The, the challenges that life presents you at, at certain moments, you know, 26 years old, I I was writing for the national post. It was, uh, 
this time, you know, I can draw a line from from this moment, August of, of 2019 to August of 2012 and thinking, okay, you know what? I think I've earned a, another year, another year contract and extension. Mm-hmm. And then learning not more than a few minutes later on kind of the same day that there was going to be cuts. And then six weeks later, knowing that I was going to be one of those cuts and at 26 and, and you, you think you're on the pathway to your dream. Yeah. And you always, you, you start making plans and uh, you start thinking that your life isn't necessarily going to be formulaic, but it's going to follow certain prescribed steps that you have put in. And then you realize in the next sec- second you blink mm-hmm. and you're out of a job and you having to make some decisions but the most important thing, and I believe I told this to your class, is to have a certain amount of respect for yourself and the people that you meet and mm-hmm. making connections and and really putting yourself in a vulnerable position to, to, to learn things from people around you. And what I was very fortunate in experiencing was the the kindness and uh, generosity of, 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 of the mentorship of, you know, Chris Cuthbert maybe the best play-by-play guy in, in, in Canadian sports. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arthur, one of the top writers, not just in sports, but in, in any subject matter in our country. And they gave me the opportunity to uh, to go to TSN. They had you know put in a good word in for me. And then I have a terrible, uh, I have an absolutely god-awful screen test in which I'm, you know, what appears to be wearing denim on denim, a blue button up with... with, with uh, <laughs> the Canadian tuxedo. The Canadian tuxedo. Canadian tuxedo. And with Batman Converse, I call Rod Smith, Rob Smith. Um, I end up getting the job for some reason. <laughs> Life works in mysterious Life ways. Life works in mysterious ways. And then I'm in Pittsburgh covering the Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I blow a live hit on SportsCenter, which is the most watched TV show on... Um, on on Canadian cable Mm -hmm. and just in that moment kind of realizing and coming out afterwards thinking wow yeah like I'm I I can't get any lower than this at least I thought the time I couldn't get any lower than that Um, because you see social media attack you you see people posting that video on on YouTube absolutely and that goes everywhere I was 27 yeah and all of a sudden you're like, what is my worth in this, in this profession? What's my worth as a, as an adult? What's, and it's, you can't help regardless of whether or not you have a history of mental health issues. I think the one thing that we can all understand is self-doubt is something that creeps into everybody's mind yeah. at one time or another. Mm-hmm. And for me, the one thing that helped me that I won't necessarily say is the cure-all for everyone is I said to myself, well, I have to scare myself because if I don't, if I if I allow myself to kind of be consumed by this, then I'm going to have a problem and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do my job well. So now I, I consider live TV my favorite thing to do. Am I always 100% perfect? No, it's live TV. Right. But it's... It's something now where I enjoy that feeling, that heart racing, butterfly in your stomach feeling that I get when, you know, I'm covering the NBA draft live or yeah. Raptors celebrations at Dundas Square live Incredible, or, yeah. or the Grey Cup, you know, when you have millions of people watching you. Wow. And it's, you just have to in that moment accept you're not going to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you understand that and realize that, 
and kind of embrace the the nervousness of the moment, the jitters of the moment, then what you realize is it's just TV, man. Yeah. You know, I'm just a guy who wears sneakers with suits and who holds a mic and speaks into it for a living. Yeah. And once you tear all everything else away, it just becomes fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like, that's a pretty bold approach to take to um, what sounds like a kind of a rough couple of years, like first with the, you know, your, your position getting cut and then with the flub with TSN yep. and then to remain kind of stay the course. Like that's that's not something that a lot of people would necessarily do. Like they might kind of take that in the opposite direction. So what, what do you think it was about you personally that kind of just said, like, no, this is this is me. Like, I, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do. Um you know, I have seen people in my life be given tremendous opportunities and not be able to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. I've seen people in my life, uh, and this is not to be self-deprecating at all. It's just, I think, a fact. I've seen people in my life with more innate abilities to do mm-hmm. things and the opportunity to do things who who couldn't deal with certain things that happened in their lives. And mm-hmm. that that is tragic and it's unfortunate. But I didn't... I. I remember I remember in particular getting the job at TSN and my mom will still laugh at this. My mom's quote to me, and I'm very lucky to have a mother who uh, spent 39 years in the television industry as, wow. as in the legal department, very strong, uh, a, a powerful woman who mm-hmm. worked her way up from uh, the – from payroll all the way up to being business director. Just of, a hardworking woman. Just a wo- hardworking yeah. woman who said to me, son – I came, I said, Mom, I don't know if I want to do this. I, maybe I'll go back and I'll freelance and I'll lifeguard. I was a lifeguard for 10 years. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll go back. And she looked at me and she said, Son, there are thousands of young men who would give their left nut for what you have. <laughs> yep. And she said to me, don't go out and do it. And I have long been motivated by and, – and, and, and not in a negative way. I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that, that negativity is the thing that always – but the challenge of something, the, mm-hmm. the, the knowing that I can do something that doesn't necessarily set me apart and make me better than anybody else, but just that's something that, that can give a sense of achievement for me. Mm-hmm. And the line I've always been given without getting to, um, to courses, don't fudge it up. Yeah. And, and it's never been said in a, um, an angry way. Mm-hmm. It's just being, it's been said to me as here's an opportunity this is a very important opportunity and you have to approach it and do the best you can. Yeah. And something I've, I've continued to try to do again, you're not going to always be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that there have been situations in the lives of, of others in my family mm-hmm. who for one reason or another, and not for me to judge, but who haven't been able to, to fulfill the dreams, the aspirations, the talents that they had. Absolutely. For me, it, it, they're, I have always taken a lot of um, advice. I've always taken a lot of purpose out of cautionary tales of other mm-hmm. people. Yep. Um, because I think if you're given the opportunity to learn from the mistakes and challenges of others and you don't learn from it, mm-hmm. then the greatest tragedy is history repeating itself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and something that you had said earlier um, with the uh, – the idea that even if you don't struggle directly with mental illness, mental health is still a huge part of, you know, everyone's life yeah. and kind of having that relationship with yourself, um, regardless of exactly, I guess, the clinical terminology of what's going on in your head, even if that might not be there, you still have to kind of have this sense of 
confidence and this sense of purpose and the sense of like I've been given an opportunity and it would be kind of it wouldn't be fair to myself it wouldn't be fair to the people around me to not in a sense seize the day I, and 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 I know and and I, I'm speaking for myself and I'm speaking for you mm-hmm. I've had history of mental health issues in my family and I think the one thing that I that I find that again speaking for myself is yep. there's a very big difference between having a bad day yeah and clinically having issues that need to be addressed yeah and for myself i am never going to believe a bad day or a bad week is somehow indicative of a a greater issue Mm -hmm. i think it is irresponsible and i'm speaking again only for myself i think it's irresponsible for me to say i lost my job I flubbed on TSN and I've had moments of self-doubt yeah. and somehow connect those to some kind of self-diagnosis of, of something. Totally. I, think that, I think that's unfair, which is why I will never pass judgment on somebody who has said, you know what, I have had these long, long, deep issues mm-hmm. that I haven't dealt with. Yeah. Um, and you get the treatment and, 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 you, and you, you create an action plan to make yourself and to make others around you better. And those people who, who have, Oh, you know what? I'm unsure of myself. I've had it. No, there there are opportunities. There are, there's opportunities for everyone to, to learn more about themselves. Mm -hmm. And part of being self-aware is realizing I have, I have something here that needs to be addressed or I have something here there. There, like for me, there was a challenge in front of me and I knew that if I had the direct frame of mind, I knew that I maybe not overcome it, but I knew I could face that challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important distinction that people need to make in that sense of self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are people who, who need the care and attention and we, we should be actively talking about that all the time. Yeah. But there's also that sense of if you know yourself and you might feel hesitant facing a challenge, Sometimes the best thing to do is, is to face that challenge and to see and to actually evaluate yourself and say, how, what, how do I feel when I face this? Because there are some instances like mine, for example, where you face that and you realize, no, I can do this. I, yeah. I can do this and I can face it and I can, and I can derive some modicum of success, whether I, I completely I'm successful in the task or I'm not. Mm-hmm. But that sense of I faced it and I did it and I feel better because of the attempt. Yeah. And obviously, as uh, as I had said before, not always easy to do. But when you do do it, do you feel like now kind of where you're at in your career um, going forward, like those things obviously made you stronger, made you better at what you do and kind of uh, a reassurance in, in your own capabilities and who you are? Or was, yep. it, was that always kind of there? Was that always instilled? No. no, no I, you know, I... I um you know, you always have these sayings that your parents or family members would part on yeah, you, absolutely. and it's it's just it's because you've an interesting one from your dad. Yeah, correct? be be aware and be aware and beware is something my father has always said. He's always often said too for those who have given much, much is expected. My father is a man of a lot of aphorisms and axioms and 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 metaphors and sayings, um, because he he he's a well-read man, a, mm-hmm. a learned man, and the one thing about my dad is he always the central theme for him when it came to things that I dealt with in my career or opportunities was 
the, to distill all those sayings down was have no regrets. Yeah. Never, never, never sit back and think what I could have, would have, should have, what I, what, what if, I yeah. might have done. Yeah. And that's something that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. There's something that you need to have missed opportunities. There's something. And for me, you know, the one, the one thing about this business being forward facing in front of the media and creating content that a lot of people don't appreciate is you're putting yourself on the line all the time totally you're putting yourself in front of the camera you're putting yourself on social media you're putting your your voice your face your image out there all the time yeah and you're putting yourself in the most vulnerable position absolutely and because you're putting yourself in the most vulnerable position it it will tease out certain parts of your personality um that that you didn't know were kind of integral to you and, mm-hmm. and for me it would be very easy for me to to kind of walk around and and give off this kind of uh, macho uh, kind of veneer because a lot of people are facade because people see, yeah, sure he works out and 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 he covers sports and he looks like he might have been an athlete and all and like give this perception off yeah. when when I couldn't live that truthfully when mm-hmm. I know that you know I'm sitting here. You know, with a Batman cup and a Mass Effect shirt, and if you put me on any sort of playing surface, you would like. I am not someone you should put on your team. Not picked first for dodgeball. I'm not. No. I'm not. I should not be picked first for anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm. You know. That's just. It's. But that's kind of who you are. That's who. That's yeah, who I am. Absolutely. And 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 you have to kind of embrace that. That's why totally. you know I wear the sneakers with the suit. That's why, you know, I have. I, I, I won't say overly self-deprecating, but I will put self-deprecating things in terms of my personality, not because I'm devaluing myself, but I like to remind people, I'm like, whatever you think you see, mm-hmm. like, I'm not so far up my own behind that I don't realize that I've dropped a very catchable pass on live TV. <laughs> I've, you know, I've, I've oftentimes made myself look kind of dorky and goofy right but that's because that's who i am totally and you have to through all of these situations of of having issues with employment and um also losing opportunities and and blowing a live hit and and being late or you know another story i tell people all the time is the daytona 500 is one of the biggest races single day sporting events on the face of the earth huge uh the the track itself, I think, has something close to two hundred thousand people. Wow! And I had to do an interview with Tony Stewart. A uh, Tony Stewart, not Tony Stewart. Um, uh, who was it? I forget who the who the racer who the racer was right now. Um, and I was in victory lane, and it was my first sign, my first major sign for TSN. And it was hot. It was Florida, and I ripped the seat of my pants and just no. ripped it just oh. like up the seam. And, and <laughs> so I'm wearing like my baggy boxer shorts are hanging out of the seat of my pants and, um, just couldn't, know, couldn't go worse. Just, at that just, point. just, just, just couldn't go worse. And it's yeah. like in your, was it, was it Batman boxers? No, no, it wasn't Batman. Was it, <laughs> I, you know, actually it would have been cool if it was wearing Batman boxers. It would have been a great punch. That would have been awesome. Yeah. It would have been awesome. Um, you know, in that position, you know, I'm representing a Canadian national network mm-hmm. walking around the infield with tens of thousands of people <laughs> making their way to their mobile homes and cars. Yeah. And they're all seeing my freaking boxer briefs hanging out the back of my pants. <laughs> um, and I'm, you know, and and then I get an opportunity to interview the winner of the Daytona 500. Yeah. He comes out 
and we're standing right by a wall because at that point my cameraman was trying to save me and my reputation. And so we're standing by the wall. The racer comes. He stands right beside me. And then lo and behold, his beautiful wife and young daughter come stand right behind me. And I'm sure as I'm interviewing um, their hu- you know, husband and father, all of a sudden they can see that my <laughs> backside is hanging out of my pants. Yeah. So like those moments. Yeah. Like you're at the you're at your most vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And what I find now is even if I have moments, and this is because of just years, 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 years of experience. So if I have moments now where I know I'm, you know, it's a little embarrassing, or I do um, find myself, mm-hmm. I have a moment where I'm like, oh crap, that was embarrassing. Yeah, I take a big deep breath, but then I realize, but it's just another day, and yeah. you move on, yeah. right? And kind of you know, that sense of, and we were talking about this earlier, that sense of mindfulness, staying present in the moment, taking a second, whether you want to call it a meditative second, whether you want a a second of self-reflection, however you want to define it, Mm -hmm. taking that second to say, okay, yeah, this just happened. Mm -hmm. And my reaction can't be like blow up. Yeah. It's gotta be, especially in this business. Hey, it happened. Move on. Yeah. And laugh yeah. about it later. Yeah. And that's talking about laughing about it. Like that's, you know, when I, when I started creating the podcast, that was, uh, one of the biggest things that I wanted to put out into the scope of, you know, the mental health landscape was the fact that sometimes taking this, uh, this thing that can be seen as this crazy, terrible, awful thing. And once in a while, just kind of sitting back and just laughing at the craziness and saying like how ridiculous this is that like I have to flick the lights on and off five times before I leave the head like all of these things just looking back and just saying like how wild is that the yeah. fact that this is something that like on a day-to-day life is just like part of who I am uh and, and taking that time and just saying like you know we're not perfect these things happen and these are these are what make us interesting and what make us human and uh you know those little stories like that are those those times where um I remember uh a funny story was uh, back in first year, I had reached out to uh, Scott Moore when he was the president of SportsCenter at the time, uh, before I'd gotten to school, uh, Ryerson, and I knew he was a Ryerson al- alumni, and uh, one of the first times that I, and I had reached out to him and I'd asked him about, because I was deciding between going to Ryerson and going to Western, uh, and uh, I didn't, you know, I wanted some uh, professional advice, and I thought I'd go right to the top dog and see what he had to say, uh, and he was one of those people who was, he, he you know, still to this day has been incredibly kind to me, uh, and uh, has always been uh, there if I have any questions or anything like that, but um, I remember the first, we went to Sportsnet uh, as a group to do a tour uh, of Sportsnet, and uh, when we were all in the auditorium, I was there wearing the same suit that I'd worn to uh, prom, everyone was, uh, everyone was all dressed up, and uh, he said, oh, is, uh, is Kyle Moore here, by the way? I'd like to talk to him afterwards. Whoa. Like, here's, like, my kind of big dog moment. And uh, everyone was looking at me, and I was kind of, you know, brushing it off. Uh, yeah, Scott Moore, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And uh, and afterwards, when everyone had gotten up, I, I thought that the best idea would be to hop over some seats to get to Scott. And um, I just kind of did this, like, little hurdle thing, and everyone just looked at me like I had three heads. Like, I just didn't, I didn't wait my turn. I was just ho- hopped over a few seats. And it was just one of those moments of just, like, Patience, young pal. Yeah, it was one of those moments of just like, this is, uh, you know, this is ridiculous. But like that at the moment, like that was just who I was. And it was uh, it was kind of one of those things that in hindsight, it's so funny to just laugh at and just imagine this like kid in a suit that's a little bit too small for him. First time in the big city and just like hurtling over seats to uh, to get to someone who just kind of like said his name offhandedly. Uh, it was um, but, you know, looking back at those kind of moments and the days of moments and just saying like, yeah, that's me. That's that happened. Like, that's just, you know, this funny, 
yeah, story and learning from that is, yeah. is huge. And it's funny too. I, 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 there was a photo that was taken of me this week. I, two days ago, actually, I was doing, um, uninterrupted is, um, media company that LeBron Coming James Canada, started yeah. his kind of version of the players tribune. And they were doing an event at the St. Regis and I knew what the, that event was all about. It's one of those ready, set, wait, and you think something's going to happen, but it's not. I've, yeah. I've been at, I don't know how many events with LeBron James. I don't know how many events with, with Drake, um, I have my own funny story with Drake. Uh, and there's a, the photo on blog to is essentially me standing there l- facing away from Drake and um, LeBron with this face of, I can't be bothered. To be here. <laughs> I'm just like, so, yeah. and it's, it's, it's funny because those who know me realize that I'm like, I'm so self-aware of myself and i and i kind of get the goofiness of yeah. what i do yeah that in those moments i'm very much like honestly like this is just this is so stupid and yeah. it's so yeah. funny and it's so wild and yeah. here we are again doing this the same know, the, kind the of same cycle thing and we're yeah, on the merry-go-round yeah. again and i'm waiting for lebron again and i'm waiting for drake again and yep. my friends are like Take how the... can you keep so cool i'm like and this is where i'll tell the quick story of drake so um This is why you never really take anything that that we do very seriously. Absolutely, I did a uh, a feature with Demar Derozan. Yeah, uh, I did an essay with Demar Derozan, and originally had a concept myself and 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 the filmmakers who were helping me. We had this great idea of having Demar Derozan late night on Bremner walking up to the ACC, making yeah. it this really powerful statement, shooting it like a Kendrick Lamar music yeah, video, video totally. really gritty, grimy, <laughs> really. Tough, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I get a note from the Raptors saying oh, we're gonna have to reschedule because uh, ESPN Magazine wants to do a photo shoot with Drake, Kyle Lowry, and Demar Derozan. I'm okay. like, okay, no yeah, problem, whatever. Yeah. So we have to change our whole concept up. We're and it's good; it works. Yeah, it's Drake. You kind of gotta fiddle but, around with. But the, the funny thing bit. was, okay, so all of a sudden, um, we're in the ACC shooting game footage of of. Demar and lo and behold, we're, we're taking the elevator down to the event level, and Aubrey Graham walks in with his with his <laughs> with his boys, and he looks at we we have a not to get too inside baseball, but we had a huge parabolic lens that looks like a mortar shell attached yeah. to a uh, a Sony FS7, and Drake just looks at it, looks at us, looks at it and goes, "What are you guys shooting?" Mm-hmm. And I explained the whole call. Oh, yeah, I was shooting an essay with Demar for TSN. He yeah, just yeah. looks. He's like, ah, cool. Mm-hmm. And at the same Chill. time, there was this pause. And then his buddy looks over to his Drake, and he starts like, like motioning to his lapel. Well, there was like food all down Drake's tracksuit. Not okay. I shouldn't say all down Drake's. But, the, but yeah, it was but there. It was like yeah. it was pretty evident, and you just kind of realize, man, the old the old book was right. Everybody poops. Yep. <laughs> Everybody poops, man. Like yeah. it's like, dude, Drake is a talented a, artist, great content creator, absolutely, a, a, an ambassador for this city. But human. dude, he he's a human. Yeah. And LeBron James is human. Yeah. And all these people are human. Like they're they're not the friggin' X Men. Like yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> you know, we're not living in the Marvel Cinematic Universe here. So, for me, it's. I pay deference to people because they've earned respect. Drake's earned respect right. for what he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. But for me, at the end of the day, I'm just like, dude, this is it. We're, 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 we're in a dance here. Yeah, I need something out of you. You want something out of me. Let's get it done. And 
let's try not to laugh at ourselves too hard while we're doing it. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, we're going to kind of slow things down a little bit more, um, kind of going into the end of the podcast here. If you could kind of give my listeners in general, the Life's a Wreck community, kind of one piece of advice about uh, self-awareness, self-confidence, um, as they kind of just something to take with them into their day-to-day lives, like what would that kind of one piece be? And I know it's kind of hard to boil it down to just one. Um, take a moment. And the reason I say take a moment is I was having this this discussion recently with someone very close in my life about time. Mm -hmm. And this person is incredibly accomplished, Uh, like athletic, uh, has achieved the heights of their, of in two sports. Um, and this person was telling me, I don't feel like I all, I don't have enough time. I feel like achieving that one thing in that sport and that thing in another sport, I thought that time was just going to stop for me and that I would come back and, yeah. and this person is realizing to, to, um, her dismay that, that time doesn't stop. No. And, and the one thing I was, I was having this conversation with her and I said, you know, the most important thing is, is not necessarily worrying about time as this and all of your accomplishments as, as this one big grab bag and collection of stuff. Yeah. It's, Every day and little moments, you know, right now, you and me talking over a podcast, like stay right there in that moment. Don't worry about what's coming up next. Of course, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be planning. I'm someone who likes to plan as much as I can. Mm -hmm. But if you're not present and aware of of yourself in that moment, then we're only human. You get caught up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, mental health and certain issues have have long been a part of a lot of different aspects of my my life and family life and i've learned again and again that if you get caught up in things and you don't take that moment to kind of breathe to stay present to realize where you are and what you're doing Mm -hmm. uh, life can be a tidal wave and it can sweep you away totally um and so the one thing that i was imparting on this person was your time is very important Yep. Your time is always important. Take mm-hmm. time during the day to do something for yourself. Yep. Um, that's not necessarily to the detriment of anybody else or to reject anybody else or, or to something I talk about on the podcast a lot. Yeah, yeah. Don't step, but it's just like whatever you need to do for me, you know, I go, I go work out, I go have a run and I kind of flush myself every day and I usually feel so much better afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's what I do for me every yep. day. That doesn't have to be the same for everybody. No, you know, it doesn't have to be, Anything with, you know, physical, physical activity, side of it. No. It could be anything. Anything that allows you to kind of relax because life is stressful. Whether or not you have clinically diagnosed and treatable mental health issues, life can be overwhelming. Yeah. And everything can be overwhelming. Absolutely. And, and the, most, the most important thing is for you to take your time because, uh, and I'll end it this way, a lot of people will give you advice. A lot of people will want to give you advice whether for their own sense of self-importance or because they genuinely care mm-hmm. or because they just want you to shut up. Right. A lot of people will give <laughs> you advice. The most important thing for you to do is to always listen to yourself uh, and respect yourself and your time. If you do that, um, I found it myself. Not that I'm wanting to write a self-help book based on it, but um, take your time and you'll um, 
you'll find a life a lot more enjoyable. That's incredible, Matt. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, it really does mean so much to me and my listeners to get your perspective on on everything that you talked about today. So so thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. Thanks, Kyle. And that's going to do it for the episode today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, turn on notifications for the podcast. And make sure to uh, check out Matt on Instagram and Twitter, on Instagram at TSN underscore Shinetti. That's S-C-I-A-N-I-T-T-I. And on Instagram at TSN, all uppercase, capital S, C I A N. I-T-T-I. And while you're on Instagram and Twitter, make sure to check out the Life's a Wreck podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. And myself, Kyle Moore, K-Y-L-E-M-O-O-R-E-0-8. Uh, it's going to be a lot more cool things coming soon. And uh, before we close out this one, though, I want to give you a challenge for a week. Speaking on what Matt said, um, take some time for yourself this week. But more specifically, when we're talking about self-awareness and self-confidence, take one moment this week, really be in that moment. And then afterwards, write something down about how you felt in that moment, whether it's on your phone or on your laptop or just on a napkin or whatever. Just take some time to really reflect on how you felt in that moment. And that's going to be the challenge for this week. Guys, thank you so much. And um, as I was setting up all the equipment today, I was just, um, oh yeah, there was something in the back there. And I was just thinking, life's a wreck. So that was Matthew Shinetti.